0: you're sick of all the abundance gurus who preach the power of mindset or financial experts who scold you for enjoying the occasional latte, then you are in the right place. The Mind Money Balance show explores the intersection of mental health and money. We explore broader factors that impact your financial life as a whole. I'm your host, Lindsay Bryan Podvin. I'm a financial therapist, woman of color, author, and founder of the company Mind Money Balance. When I'm not nerding out on the emotional and psychological side of money, you can usually find me walking my pup and listening to an astrology podcast or curled up with a giant bowl of popcorn watching Bravo TV. This show originally airs as a video on my YouTube channel. So if you hear me say things like, as you can see here, or click this, you'll have to head over to the YouTube link that's linked in the show notes to see exactly what I'm referencing. And if you wanna jump into the community, you can join in on the conversation in the comments section over on YouTube. With that, let's go. I'm going to walk you through a little paradigm that I help my clients out with if they are in a romantic relationship and are struggling to find a happy medium to their financial conflict. Money conflicts are normal, but it does not mean that they are comfortable or fun or anything like that. Depending on the year and depending on the research, we know that conflicts about money tend to be more intense, more heated than conflicts about other things in relationships. But on the flip side, couples who talk about money report being happier than those that don't. I have an entire series about how to talk to your partner about money, how to make it fun, how to have a money date that you can go back and literally binge watch. But I'm going to focus specifically on dealing with conflicts in partnerships. I think what most people jump to when it comes to dealing with a conflict in a relationship is they're like, we just need to find a compromise. We need to find a compromise. We need to find a compromise. And I think it's been drilled into most of our minds that compromise is the diplomatic solution to any type of conflict. And while I like compromise... And I think it's a great choice for many conflicts. When it comes to finding the best win-win conflict resolution, we're actually going to be striving for something called collaboration. And no, this is not like hashtag ad, hashtag for collaboration. I mean something else. There's a tool or a quadrant system or an instrument. Apparently, I just like anything that comes in a four. So we're back to another quadrant system today. The Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode Instrument, AKA the TKI, is a widely used conflict resolution model. And it basically says look, there are five different conflict resolution styles, or basically five ways that you can solve an argument when it comes to two people who have conflicting sides or opposing opinions. Compete, avoid, accommodate, compromise, or like I said, my favorite, collaborate. In a nutshell, competition is where one person wins, one person loses. Accommodation is where one person wins, the other person yields. Avoid is where both people lose. And compromise is actually where each person wins a little and each person loses a little. So yes, it's better than the other three that I mentioned so far, but it is actually not the best. When possible, we want to move toward collaboration where both people win. As you know, I learn best by examples, so let me give you an example of how this conflict resolution model would actually work, in which different area this particular conflict would fall into. So let's say we have a couple who has an eight-year-old household vehicle. They drive it all the time. They are a one-vehicle household. They both agree that it's important to have one car, and they both agree that it's important to use the car as long as it is safe to drive. So for the most part, they're aligned here. Now the car gets into an accident. It is not totaled, but it can't be driven as is. One person, Chuck, wants to buy a new car, believing that it'll be a better long-term investment. They've had this vehicle for eight years and, you know, they are kind of getting close to the end of the life of this car. And even if it might be a little bit more expensive now, he's kind of thinking about it as like, this will be the car that we have for the next eight years. Then you have the other person in the relationship, Bill. And Bill is like, nope, I would rather put some money into it, fix it. And even if it just extends the life of the car a little bit longer, I would rather drive it until like we literally cannot drive it anymore. And Bill argues that if we buy a new car now, it's going to impact our monthly cash flow because we haven't had a car payment in years and it would make things a little bit more difficult than they are now. So with these two conflicting points of view, let me walk you through these different ones. In a competing situation, one person is going to argue for their side They will shoot down the other person's side no matter what. They won't be able to listen. And the more the other person asserts their point of view, the further they dig their heels in. And it might lead to uh, things that you might be familiar with, Uh, stonewalling, some sort of stalemate, shutting down the conversation, or just exhaustion. So that's how competition might look. In an avoiding situation, one person might hope that they can just ignore it until it blows over. This might mean that the car sits unfixed at the mechanic or at the shop for longer than it should. And because neither person wants to bring up that, hey, we actually need to either fix this car or buy a new one, they just keep dancing around it and taking Ubers and walking and grabbing rides from friends. This can keep delaying the decision until they basically have no other choice. So it's like kind of the the slow fade out because they don't like conflict at all even if there could be a healthy open conversation they're so averse to any sort of tension that they go yeah 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 whatever you want to do that's fine. What this might look like is whoever falls into the accommodating role they may temporarily avoid the discomfort of having that conversation with their partner about the car But then in the back of their head, whether the car is fixed or whether they get a new car, depending on whether it's Chuck or Bill, they might be like, I really wish we did the other thing or I think I made a mistake, but they aren't able to acknowledge that or bring it up because conflict for them is so uncomfortable that they would rather avoid it, even if it means that their point of view is not heard or respected. Now, compromise in this situation with Chuck and Bill would be how can we both agree on something that feels sort of good for each of us? In this situation, it might look like, why don't we repair the car for now? And as a part of repairing the car for now and prepping for a new car in the future, what we could do is pay to have it fixed and start putting a little bit of money away every single month in an automated savings plan toward a new vehicle. So in 12 months, 18 months, or what have you, then Chuck and Bill can buy a new car. So that would be a compromise where each person wins a little and each person loses a little. Chuck wins a little because he gets a new car, but not right now. And Bill wins a little. He gets his car fixed, but they have to buy a new car eventually. So they each win a little bit and they each lose a little bit. Now, again, this isn't a bad solution, but if we can get toward a collaboration, that's even better episode has you thinking about your relationship with money and you've got a question you want me to answer, visit mindmoneybalance.com ask. You can ask me almost anything about talking to others about money, how to advocate for yourself so you can practice financial self-care, or how mental health impacts what you do financially. Again, that's mindmoneybalance.com A-S-K. Back to the show. Chuck and Bill were to collaborate. They would sit down with their preferred beverage of choice. You know, mine is like almost always kombucha. They would sit down. They would each share why they want their particular position. And they would also listen to their partner's position about why they want to do what they want to do. They would each talk about their priorities, their values. They would take into consideration the holistic financial picture, such as What does our cash flow look like in each of these scenarios? How will it impact our different financial goals? When it comes to our values, we know what we value and why we do the different things that we do in our lives. How can we make this financial decision in alignment with our values? So in a situation that meets both of their financial needs and their personal values or personal beliefs, they may decide, you know what? doesn't make sense for us to repair this car just to have to sell it and get a new one in 12 months to 18 months. Maybe a better choice would be to take the money that we were going to use to fix it and use it on a down payment toward a new for us car that isn't necessarily brand new, off the lot, never been driven before. Instead, we find a, a certified pre-owned vehicle that is no more than two years old and has low mileage on it and still has a warranty on it for X number of miles. That way, they each are able to have the financial security that they want, have a vehicle that is safe, and they are able to drive it, and they are able to buy a new-to-them vehicle that isn't brand-speaking new and helps them to each have their needs met. So now that we have this kind of like conflict resolution framework, When it comes to how you actually do that, that is really where my series on couples and money and money dates is going to come in handy. But I think it's really important just to remind you that go back to your values, go back to what matters to you. And a great question you can ask, regardless of which side of the financial argument you're on, is will this matter to me in one year? Will this matter to me in five years? And is my particular decision or choice So aligned with who I am and what I believe that I will be beside myself if I don't really have my opinion heard and validated, then that's a pretty good cue for you that you want to be striving for compromise or collaboration. Now, if you're like, I really don't care about this particular financial decision, I'm cool with letting them have it, go for it. I think what helps in this scenario is. Let's say you're not dealing with a car purchase that might be a pretty big purchase, but you're dealing with like everyday household stuff, the brand of cereal you buy, whether or not you get new mulch for your yard, you know, stuff like that. I think it can be helpful just to have like a baseline number ready to go that you and your partner agree you have to have a conversation about in the event that the other person is going to spend that amount of money or more. That was a really confusing way of saying something like, What is the dollar amount that we need to have a discussion about before decisions are made? In your partnership, it might be, as long as a purchase is under $75, we don't have to run it by the other person. But if it's over $75, we have to have a conversation. Or it could be the particular item that you have to have a discussion about. Maybe you don't care about what like brand of cereal or type of gas ends up in your car, but maybe you have very strong feelings about your entertainment budget. And when it comes to spending that entertainment budget On concert tickets versus a musical theater performance, you have to have a conversation about it, right? You get to decide what works best for you. These are just some different ideas. I hope learning a little bit more about different conflict styles helped to create a framework so you can learn how to solve money conflict in your relationship. And if nothing else, I hope that it helped you to see where you typically fall In that conflict resolution style, are you a person who's going to dig your heels in no matter what? Are you a person who's going to retreat no matter what? And how does having some language around that and some understanding around that help you to maybe be a little bit more flexible or a little bit more confident in money conversations? Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast player. This quick but meaningful action helps to support the show and helps others discover it too. I love connecting with my listeners, so if something resonated, take a screenshot of the episode and tag me over on Instagram at MindMoneyBalance. This podcast simply wouldn't be possible without the help of others. I want to thank RJ Basio, who edits this podcast, and Liberty Sales, who helps market the show to help people who need it find it. The cover art and episode art design is by Jenny H. Design disclaimer everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only neither the host or guests are rendering legal financial accounting mental health investing medical or other professional advice if you want professional help please seek it out